Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back. And on tonight's broadcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. Again, we're continuing the study in chapter 6. In this portion of the letter, Paul talks about how we are to, to bring matters that involve a brother in Christ to the local body to address it, not to outside sources. In the second portion of the chapter, I will talk about who we are in Christ because we were washed, sanctified, and justified, which only He could do in us. So join me in the podcast now in session. And hello, and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night, and I'm so excited to be back with you uh, again. Uh, last week, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, so of course, we'll be starting 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tonight. Uh, but um, before I get started, I just wanted to make sure we made our quick little announcements. Any, any place you would want to watch or listen to this program now, um, pretty much available, uh, whether that be on YouTube or on Facebook, whether that's on Let This Mind Be In You on YouTube, which is, I was the first channel I actually started um, on YouTube, Let This Mind Be In You. And then there's Let This Mind Be In You Ministries on Facebook. Um, and welcome to those that are watching on those live right now or maybe um, in the future. And uh, hello to everybody that's watching on Facebook. Uh, I see Debbie there and my dad. Uh, so that's good to see everybody. I see Brother Ken over there on YouTube, so good to see you, brother. And the wife is saying, sounds good. And uh, also, for those listening to the audio version of the podcast, I really do appreciate the fact that anybody listens. Um, I'd li- I, be- I enjoy listening to podcasts and different things like that, so I-, I pray that you enjoy listening to this. You can always download it to your smartphone, or you can listen to it uh, streaming as you're going down the road and connect it to your car or something like that. Um, I would suggest not trying to text and or write any comments, though, as you're driving. Please be safe out there. All right. Um, but uh, that's by way of introduction. Also, if you want to, reach out to me. Now, uh, if you remember last week, we had a, uh, a comment over on, on YouTube uh, usually, I don't get very many comments uh, live on YouTube. Uh, mostly, they're on Facebook. Uh, but uh, there was a few people watching on YouTube uh, last week, and one of them a by, went by the name of B Sun, which I cannot find his channel, so I can't uh, reach out to him directly. Um, mentioned something about my ungodly tattoos, and um, I really enjoyed that uh, that that conversation. I guess you would say, and being. Um, Given the opportunity to talk about what Christ has done in my life, that's that was an awesome time, and just to speak about grace, and um, so I appreciate that. Uh, I did tell the that uh, I believe it was a, a a gentleman. I did tell him that he could reach out to me and ask me any kind of questions or whatever. And uh, the way to do that, the best way to do that, is to write me on uh, an email, and that's at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. But I have not received, I have not received any email 
from him. Let me go ahead and mute that so we're not getting any kind of background dings or whistles. And um, But anyways, I didn't receive anything from him, which was kind of disappointing. I was looking to uh, start a dialogue and uh, get a chance to get to know that person to see what they were all about. Came out of the gate kind of strong, didn't he? Um, I know that uh, it's really hard to read. Uh, I guess you would say it's really hard to read uh, any kind of emotion in the, into a text. You know what I mean? Uh, you can't get a, a tone, a voice, or uh, a sense of sarcasm, or uh, a biting tone, so to speak. But um, uh, it seemed like to me that it was just trying to, you know, call me out on something maybe that he maybe thought nobody knew about. Um, but um, I do wear short sleeves every once in a while. Um, it does get a little bit warm. Hey, my brother Aaron over there, I'm not driving. Well, good. Uh, he's. I'm glad you're being safe, brother. Uh, but it was, you know, he gets a little bit warm in the studio. I have some lights. Now, we turn down the air quite a bit. In fact, uh, my, my children get up underneath the covers when it's Thursday night because we turn down the air as much as possible. Um, but it does get a little bit warm in here. So every once in a while, you'll see me, I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves on my long sleeves. But every once in a while, I'll wear a short sleeve shirt. And of course, um, uh, the markings in my body, uh, the, the, the ink that's in my flesh permanently um, is visible. And um, I got a chance to talk about that and uh, really my testimony and, and, and things that, um, that I wasn't uh, necessarily, I don't wear the short sleeves so I can show off my tattoos. It's just gets warm in here. But uh, uh, they do peek out from the bottom, especially the one on my right. Um, and it's an unfortunate thing, but it's not something that I dwell on. Um, it's something that uh, when I was living afar, I guess you would say the the almost like the prodigal son type of uh, of story. Um, I did a lot of things in my flesh that I'm not proud of, but as we'll see tonight, that's not who I am in Christ. Uh, he washed me, He sanctified me, He justified me by His what He did for me, and um, because of all that, while I'll have, I'll suffer in this current flesh. And I may suffer some uh, loss of rewards. He'll never, ever, ever, ever judge me for those sins because those sins were placed upon him. The burden was laid upon him. I got a chance to talk about that this week. My wife says, yes, we're all freezing. Sorry about that, my love. Uh, But I got a chance to talk about that just this past week. Uh, Speaking of a a verse of scripture, I was teaching on Sunday and it kind of came up and got a chance to really talk through it, and then I talked with my brother in Christ here, Brother Aaron, and just really mentioning about the burden and how Malachi chapter 1 starts out with the burden, the burden of Israel. Uh, and when I think about that, that's the last chapter, or that's the last book of what some would know as the Old Testament, even though we know that the Old Testament was still going on even in the Gospels, but it says the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. And I, you just think about that, that the last prophet that heard from God that wrote to the nation of Israel says the burden. And just to think about us now that our burdens, as the old uh, hymnal goes, our burdens were lifted at Calvary. Um, yeah, um, that our burdens were lifted at Calvary. But I got a chance to really... Uh, not necessarily address the the comment in, in a way, but it really got a, a chance to really say what Christ has done for me. And uh, even though 
Uh, we do things in our flesh that we're not proud of. Thank God and thank Christ that our burdens were lifted at Calvary. As the Bible says, our ordinances, the things that we were in this old man were crucified with him. They were literally, the Bible says, nailed to his cross. He took those ordinances, he took the condemnation, he took those burdens and nailed nailed it to the cross. I see my brother Aaron here. Go ahead. Come on. Read it. Yeah, the burden of the Lord. Uh, you know, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel. Um, and then it keeps going. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? You know, you could see the the national attitude of the God's chosen people. And there's a lot of condemnation in the book of Malachi and a lot of uh, burdens that were placed upon them, including, <laughs> including over when you read in Malachi chapter 3, and you read on down where it starts talking about uh, uh, tithes and offerings and so forth and so on. Anyways, that's not what tonight's about as far as that goes. I just wanted to, I said all that because I was going to mention the, the, the email and how I had mentioned that you can always write me if um, you have an issue with me. It's not a problem. If you want to challenge me on God's word as far as, hey, I think you're wrong here biblically, I welcome that. Please do so. Please do so. In fact, I got a chance, not getting challenged today, but just another opportunity to talk about the burden. And got a I got a chance to uh, talk to our battalion's chaplain, actually, today about a lot of things. And um, so... And uh, I was talking to him that I'm going to be running a Bible study um, in the country of Ukraine, the Ukraine. And I'm just going to just say, hey, if anybody wants to come, I'm going to do a Bible study on Sunday mornings over there. And um, well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'll stop and listen. Quit defending my brother. Hey, that's all right. I love you, my brother. Yeah. And there's a high-voltage beaver up there. There's my brother up there. Newly retired, I believe, aren't you? But anyway, so it's good to see you over there. All right, let's get started. I usually, I always do that. It's about 10 minutes. I always plan on just, hey, I'm going to mention this, I'm going to mention that, and just get right into it. And I always, seems like a 10 minutes goes by, but all right, I'll do better. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, open up your Bibles, your King James Scriptures, the authorized version of Scriptures, authorized by King James, and we'll begin starting there. Now, remember again, I have to keep reminding everybody, all the listeners, everybody that watches this, I will remind you again how the book or the letter, the epistle starts out. Paul starts writing this letter, and we'll read it just for sake of um, review. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. And you sit there and you read that, and you're like, wow, here Paul is about ready to write a glowing letter to a bunch of people that are doing right all the time, not getting tattoos in the flesh and, you know, just living godly and, and saintly lives. And he begins to excoriate them throughout the rest of the letter, talking about things that were definitely not that. 
but that's not who their identity is based upon. See, if it was based upon our actions, the sanctification, the justification, the washing, if it was based upon our actions, this church had no room for Paul in the inspired words of the Holy Spirit writing through the Apostle Paul here to write these words, but he does. That's interesting. And then we get over to chapter 6 and verse number 1, where it says, Dare any of you, having a matter having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Now, that's interesting thing to start out with. But remember uh, how chapter 5 ended. So many times we get wrapped up in verse by verse and, and different things like that. But context, as my dad said tonight while he was uh, preaching, he said, context is king. You know, it's the most important thing, the context of it. And look how the end of chapter 5 ends. For what have I to judge them also that are without? Do, ye, do not ye judge them that are within? We're to judge those that are within. Hmm. But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person, so forth and so on. And we, we got a chance to talk about that last week. So I won't rehash all that. But think about that. We judge within. Now, Brother Mike, are we supposed to be judging each other based upon our preferences and so forth and so on? No. But we are to judge each other by the ends of the conversation that are happening. Not by the words that people are saying around us within our, our local bodies of believers, but instead taking their words and their deeds in the prism and as a big conglomerate, words matching deeds, the ends of their conversation, and judge them according to what? God's word. That's it. And that's what it's been talking about. And that's why it says, why would you in that are within the house, as we mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 2, why would you uh, take those that are within this house, not made of hands, this, this heavenly house, all these different things, why would you take those people and then take that brother in Christ and then get judged outwardly from those that are without? And that's what it's going to really talk about. So verse number two, do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? Now that's fascinating. Now, I have a whole series on the Millennial Reign series, and you can go check that out. So we won't go down this, this path of, does this mean during the Millennial Reign, and so forth and so on. But it says, shall judge the world, and if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smaller matters, the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Now, that's another fascinating thing to talk about. What does that necessarily mean? Judge them on what? Again, that's not what this, the topic of the subject is, is tonight, but that's a very interesting thing that we can maybe study on a different time. But how much more things that pertain to this life? So things in the next life, we're going to judge the world. We're going to judge angels even. So why would we take those outside, these matters that happen within the body, outside the body? If then, verse number four, ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. Now, I'm going to make a, a statement here, and this is not by any way uh, trying to call anybody out. Don't have anybody in mind here at all. But when you read this verse, do we practice this within our local body of believers? Or do we place certain people upon a pedestal 
and then they judge everything. We take the matters to them. Now, we're supposed to take things to those that are godly, living godly, living righteously as far as that goes, following the word. We're supposed to um, see those faithful men, those that are co-laboring in the faith, those that are, are, are being about the word. We're supposed to take it to them. Should there only be one of those individuals within a body of believers? I ask you. Because when it talks about here, it says, if then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. Even those of what the world would maybe call of lower estate, not the wealthy as the world standards goes, not the ones that are well-to-do, or maybe even the ones that are more educated as far as the world system has to go, but instead the ones that are following the word. Because remember, how are we to judge? Are we to judge with our own thoughts and opinions and our intellect? Or are we supposed to take the word of God and say, thus saith the scriptures, I will judge from this. And let that be a reminder to all of us that when we get hasty to start judging people out of preferences or, ooh, I just don't like the way you quite do that and all these other kinds of things that cause divisions and strife and all this kind of stuff, let's be careful about that. Because we're, Paul's not telling these that we're just to sit around and just judge each other, nitpick each other on the littlest things like, well, you're this and that. Judge through the word of God, period. And that's all I'm trying to say. It seems like when Paul is writing to this church, amongst many other things that they were doing that were ungodly and not following um, the word, was doing this within their body. They were taking people to... The, the local magistrate down in the town of Corinth, you know, or the region of Corinth, taking a brother down there is like, well, this person did this to me and trying to get them to, I don't know, sue them for whatever. Lawsuit crazy. And then they were judging each other, I think, even within, but not about matters that should have been being judged about. That's just what I'm thinking is happening is in, this, in this passage of Scripture. Because in verse number five, it says, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? Now, wise in what? My son here, you know, increase in, in knowledge, increase in wisdom. What is wise? God says that, he, you know, it takes the, 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 the foolish things of this life and all these other kinds of things. It takes the, uh, I'm trying to think of the verse right now, wise in their own conceit. He's not talking about a, a wisdom of this world, what the world would say is wisdom, but wise concerning the mind of Christ, which is his word. That's what it's talking about. A wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. So it seems like they were just taking people out to court and doing all these kinds of things, and it was making these believers, They were. it was causing shame to come upon these people that were calling themselves the body of Christ. This local church, these local bodies of believers. And this is fascinating to me to think that that's what was going on. And then you can just, I've been in around churches for a very long time and see that these, even these things, nothing new under the sun, so to speak, that have been happening for 2,000 years. When we are given the answers. We're given the ultimate law book, so to speak. Let's be wise according to his scriptures. 
what it says in verse number six, but brother goeth the law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. It was making almost like a mockery and bringing shame to the body. They were not walking worthy. They were walking as though that they were a part of dead men that were surrounding them. And by I'm saying dead, I mean spiritually dead. That's what was going on. Now, therefore, in verse number seven, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? And that's really hard for us to do, is it not? It seems like people were wanting to live and letting their flesh take over, and they weren't willing to be defrauded. He defrauded me, you know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example of a defrauding, but he said he would, you know, come over and clean my my house for this amount of money. But it was only, you know, uh, in, in the end, he didn't do half the work and he still expected full payment or whatever. There's some sort of defrauding. They were thinking highly of themselves and not esteeming each other. There was all sorts of problems going on is the point I'm making. Now, I'm talking about all this stuff to lead up to what I'm about ready to talk about at the end of the chapter, which is so good to me that we see this almost a pettiness, do we not? We see this pettiness of, um, of just actions and, 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 and strife and this petty conflict that was going back and forth between brothers and sisters in Christ. And it says, Nay, verse number eight, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when we read this, some people will try to pull the next couple of verses out of context and just say, Well, see that if you have this sins in your life, you're not saved, and so forth and so on. Just wait a minute. It says, Nay, ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren, brethren, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous he's speaking of are those that are without, that were making all the judgments, taking people to law outside. He says, know you not that they won't even be in the kingdom of God. That's who this is talking about because he gives examples. Again, be not deceived, neither fornicators, sinners, nor idolaters, read sinners, nor adulterers, read sinners, nor effeminate, read sinners, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, read sinners again, nor thieves, sinner, nor covetous, sinners, nor drunkard, sinners, nor revilers, sinners, nor extortioners, sinners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And we're said, see? But that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about that this is the, the dependency of your salvation is whether or not you're not any of these things. Because in the very next verse, he explains it. Remember, he's talking about taking people outside of the body of Christ to make these judgments. That's who he's talking about here. This is a shame. This, was, this is not even to happen. And so he lists off all these things that we think about and we're like, wow, yeah, sinner, 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 sinner. Look at the next verse. Verse number 11, and this is where we got the uh, title for today's lesson and, and podcast and it says, and such were some of you. And such were some of you. 
but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. There's that word again. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. At the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He has sealed you into the day of redemption with that Holy Spirit of promise. And there it is. The Spirit of our God sealed you into the day of redemption. He changed you, made you a new creature. You were these things. You were not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But now because of him, Christ in you, you have been changed to where now you're joint heirs of everything. Joint heirs with Christ. Wow. And such were some of you. I see this word washed. I see this word washed, and, I, and it got me thinking. You know, washing, we talk about uh, is, is water, right? Washing. We think of water. Think of soap and all these kind of things, right? But, you know, you need the water. And we think of washing, we think of the water, and then we think of the verse that says washing of the water by the word, you know, just thinking of those, those types of, of statements in the Bible. But then turn over to Galatians chapter 3. In verse number 27, what is this washing that takes place? Galatians chapter 3 and verse number, well, (laughs) this is so good. So start in verse number 24. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 24. All these things the law was saying, we've been talking about the law just recently in in this past chapter, in this first part of this chapter, it says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. You're not good enough. That's what the law was as a teacher to tell you you cannot keep it. That we might be justified, there's that word, by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We are no longer recognized as sinners. Why? For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as he as have been, excuse me, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And there's neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. But go back to that verse number 27. For as many of you, as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's not speaking of water baptism, is it? We know that you can dunk yourself as many times as you want to. That's not going to save you. But the baptism that takes place there is the washing of the water by the word. Baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. What have you put on Christ? You have put on his righteousness. My dad spoke about that as well tonight. Spoke about this tonight. Uh, my dad did when he was preaching, talking about how we are clothed in his righteousness in our house. We'll speak about that when we get to 2 Corinthians. That's where my dad was at, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 tonight. But this house that we were in was changed, but not quite yet. This house, speaking of this flesh, we were made a new creature in Christ, but this flesh is still groaning, and it's, it's still waiting for the adoption of our body, you know, the, the changing that's going to take place when we put on incorruption. Why? Because he talked about the things that we are clothed now in, and that's clothed, our house is clothed in his righteousness. 
It's the down payment of the Holy Spirit, the earnest payment of the Holy Spirit that gives us this earnest payment, this earnest payment, the expectation, the hope that one day this house, this flesh will put on incorruption and be clothed finally as we were meant to be. What a great, what a great thing when you think about washed. We were washed in him by the blood of Jesus Christ. So many of the old hymns talked about that. Have you, you know, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing flood? Washed in the blood of the lamb, so to speak. You know, the, the, all these different songs that you can, you can think about if you've been around churches and, and the old hymns. But we've been washed by him, and we've put on new garments, which is him. You put on Christ Jesus great thing to think about. So again, the sanctification that we went back to, uh, I think we looked about like about this when we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, but turn over real quick to Romans 15, Romans 15 and verse number 16. Oh, I see a comment here. We just put Jackson, that's uh, Aaron and Sister Julie's oldest boy, Jackson to bed, and he prayed, help Mr. Mike as he preaches. Amen for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> boy, I love that kid. I love that boy. Old Action Jackson. Thank you for the prayers, Mr. Jackson. All right, Romans chapter 15, and verse number 16, as it says, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. At the moment of salvation, you're sanctified. I've mentioned this before, but I... I've heard for all my life the sanctification process. is It goes slower for some. I have to push back on that now because as soon as the Holy Ghost enters you, at the moment of salvation, you are changed, made a new creature in Christ, given the adoption uh, paper, so to speak, the earnest payment, knowing full well that you are, um, it's as good as 100% guaranteed, everything that you can possibly say about it, that Holy Ghost enters you, changes you, says quickened by the Spirit. That happens, you're sanctified. I don't act sanctified all the time. Yep, because you're acting in your flesh. I didn't say your flesh has been redeemed yet. We're waiting on that. But isn't that interesting, acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost? And one day he'll present you acceptable, spotless, blameless, all these different uh, adjectives we can use here that are biblical words, including sanctified. So if you say that kind of stuff, the sanctification process, think about that. If you mean the sanctification process, meaning we have to go through this life until we die or get caught up, I okay, I understand that. But that's not what people mean. They just mean, well, I'm getting better a day at a time. You know, the old song the little kids sing, he's still working on me. He changed you in a moment. And then one day, that body will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and main shall be caught up in a moment, just like that, and be changed. It's so fascinating to read the Word of God and to see how all these things come together, knowing and recognizing who we are in Christ. And that's what Paul is trying to get them to understand in, in Corinth, who they are in Christ. You're sanctified. 
Don't you remember remember who you are? Don't you remember who you are? You're sanctified. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 2, as we read already, says as much. That's who he's writing this letter to. And then I've already mentioned it, but if, you know, so we won't turn over there. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 21 is talked about being sanctified. We still have to give over to the Spirit. We can't live in the flesh. Uh, you know, reason, you know, like so the grace may abound and all these other kinds of things. Because this vessel that we're in right now, the more we die to self, the more we're pitchers or vessels of honor that he can use us, meet for the master's use, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So it's the recognizing who we are in Christ and the dying to self is, it makes us more vessels worthy and meet for the master's use. But remember, as I've said before, there are vessels within that house that are not meat for the master's use, and they're made of different material as far as uh, the type of vessels they're being. Reckon yourself dead, brethren. And then finally, let's look at justified really quick. Of course, we can go into Romans and just look at the term justified numerous times. Numerous, numerous times. Romans 3 and verse number 20 and 24 and... 28, Romans 5 and verse number 9. So I'm just going to turn over there real quick and just read one of those. Romans 5 and verse number 9, where it says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Okay, so again, I, I don't want to get go down the road of what this wrath is talking about, but there's several different meanings behind what this wrath is talking about. The point is, is you won't ever suffer the wrath of God. The wrath was poured out upon Christ. He took your burden as we began this podcast talking about. And then Galatians. I love reading the book of Galatians. We just got done with the study of Galatians in this uh, body that I teach at down there in uh, Slidell, Louisiana. But so many different places in Galatians. So we'll, we'll turn to, I think, Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 16. We'll start there. And then I got written here, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 24, and Galatians 5 and verse 4, looking at this term justified. But let's look at chapter 2 and verse number 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if... While we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. You can sin in this flesh. Again, I keep pushing back against this because there's so many people that try to teach sinless perfection in this current life. And if you're not sinlessly perfect right now, you know, you're lost and you got to get saved again or whatever the false teaching is. It's just a failure to, to just simply look at what the scriptures is talking about. You're not justified by the works that you do. You're justified by him, period. So if you sin, are you making Christ of none effect? No. You're sinning in the flesh. Paul says that. He spells that out in Romans. It's just amazing to me that when you just read the scriptures, what it says, it explains itself. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 4, we'll read this one more. 
Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Now, if you read this in context and not just read that one little passage of Scripture, as I just did, if you read this in context, it has nothing to do with being justified by the law and being fallen from grace and so forth and so on. It's just forgetting who you are. And it's so simple when you, when you read down through here. There was people that were saying, yes, you were justified by faith, but now you got to do this, 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 and this, or whatever, or this, that, and the other thing, and be circumcised in the flesh. They were trying to get them to do all these different things. And that's really when you're justified. Or if not, but they were forgetting who they are. So they were fallen or forgetting away from grace, fallen from grace. It's as simple as that. And uh, you can go back and look at, my study on Galatians, if you'd like to. But my point is, as we start to wrap up this chapter, that it has nothing to do with us. We know this. Paul mentions this judging brethren and all these other kinds of things in the first portion of this chapter, in this section of this letter, to get them to realize that the way that they were acting was not in line with who they actually were in Christ. Simple as that. That's why when we see the verse number 12, I'll read verse number 11 again. And such were some of you, were, past tense, but ye are washed now. But ye are sanctified now. But ye are justified now in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And this verse gets abused. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And sometimes people use this to say, well, see, I can do whatever I want to do. It's just, you know. I won't be brought under the power of any. Or they use it to say, well, as long as I'm not addicted to something, I, I, it's lawful for me. Folks, this is not what it's talking about. Of course, everything you can do as a lost person, you can do as a saved person in the flesh. All things are lawful for unto you, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Paul is simply saying here is that why would I try to sin that grace may abound? He tells them in, in Rome, the Romans chapter, the Romans letter, don't do that. Because it's literally causing shame, like these brethren taking other brethren to the, the lost world for judgments and being defrauded in lawsuits and so forth. It's bringing shame to the body of Christ. And they were not acting as who they were in Christ. Verse number 13 kind of ex explains this a little bit to me. Meats for the belly. And if you look up the term belly, it always has to do with flesh, the feeding of your flesh. Mm, that's good for me. Meats for the belly and the belly for meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. And it got me thinking when I, when I read that, is that if you die in your flesh, not being redeemed, not being saved, in your natural state, God will destroy both it and them. He will put you under the judgment, cast into the lake of fire. But all, there's another type of fire for those that are in Christ when they're Things, whether they've done for Christ or whatever, or in the flesh, are going to be judged by fire. And he's going to melt it, wood, hay, and stubble, 
It's going to burn it away. All the things you did for yourself, for flesh, are just nothingness. They're going to burn away. They're gone. The only thing that's going to last is what's for Christ. Now, the second part of the thought. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. I got written down here Romans chapter 16. I think I, I wrote down the right one here. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 16. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses. I knew I wrote down the wrong one. That's not what I was looking for. Well, apologize about that. I knew as soon as I, I read that, I was like, I think I wrote that down wrong. But let's try Philippians 3. I'm not sure what I did there. Philippians 3. Now that's going to bug me. I'm going to go back into that. But this is a live broadcast, so we'll go to Philippians 3. Philippians 3 and verse number 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. Here we go. And whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. That's why the, the belly is fleshly, it's earthly, it's these things that are just going to be burnt up. Lord for the body, though, in verse number 14, as I was wanting to say that, okay, that's why I wrote down Philippians for belly. Okay, the second part of the verse, though, now the body is not for fornication, but the Lord, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise us up, up us by his own power. What a great thought that that's not <laughs> these these so many things we do in this life is for our flesh and for the belly and everything like that. But all this stuff is going to get buried and in the end it's all going to get burnt up. But what's done for Christ is going to last. We're going to be risen from the dead, raised up by his power. So the thought is now, in verse number 15, know ye not that your bodies, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? First Corinthians, I believe, I think it's in chapter 12, talks about uh, so as many members. Uh, I'll, I'll bring that up. I, I should have wrote that down. But this, as it says here, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. That's simply saying again, over and over and over again, we are not to use this liberty for an occasion to the flesh. I believe that's in Galatians. We're not supposed to do that. Are you kidding me? Why would you want to? Those that are comfortable in doing such and not under any kind of chastening, boy, I'm concerned, very concerned about that. Because don't you know that you're part of the body of Christ? You're a member of his body? So why would you want to join back to this fornication of a harlot? What? Verse number 16, know ye not that... He which is joined to an harlot is one body. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. That's the physical act, you know, joining. And that's why it says husbands and wives come together. They become one flesh. 
but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. That's not who you are. Stop trying to whore around or being a harlot or go back with this fornication with this other entity that's not you anymore. That shouldn't be your, your one flesh. That's been cut away, circumcised, so to speak, by Christ, spiritually speaking. That's why we're to reckon ourselves dead and remember that we are in Christ. As it says in verse number 17, we're joined unto the Lord in one spirit. Therefore, verse number 18, for that reason, right? Verse number 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. Well, I thought we sinned in our flesh. Correct, because that's not your body anymore. This thing, this body of flesh will be burnt up. It'll be in the grave, and Christ is going to raise it in newness. It's going to be a new creature. It's going to be a new glorified body. Or if we're caught up, as my brother Aaron is on here, as we're caught up, he he believes, and it makes perfect sense to me, that it's the flesh that we're currently in. When we're caught up in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, it just gets burned up quickly into nothingness. He burns it away and gives you your new body immediately. My dad wrote down some verses here. I think that's kind of trying to help me out with what I, uh, the wrong verses that I wrote down. He says he does it all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know why that that's there. It's not important. Anyways, but that's the point that it makes. One spirit, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What, what own body? This body of flesh. That's why Paul says he sins when it's not him that doeth it. It's his flesh. What, verse number 19, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My dad touched on that tonight as well. Which is in you which we have of God, and ye are not your own. Paul says what? Like in almost incredulous type of of a reaction, what? How many times did I tell you that you're a new creature in Christ? This is not you. This is not the true you. This is the old man that's acting this way. That old man's been crucified with Christ. What are you doing? Dredging him back up. But don't we do that? I know I do all the time, and it's 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 unbelievable how much we desire the earth, the earthly things and the fleshly things of this life, and they're the just they're gonna get burned up. That's it; they're gonna go away. But we strive so hard, don't we, to get after the things of the flesh, meat for our belly. When this body is going to put on a new house, a house not made of hands. <laughs> Verse number 20, as we finish up, for ye are bought with a price. That burden was bought by him, and the price was his blood. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So many times, if I could just remember this verse and remind myself who I am, boy, I can just 
it's, it's just almost at that at that time where you're just like, why did I? Oh, I forgot who I was. Oh my goodness, Lord, help me to remember who I am. Lord, thank you for changing me. Lord, help me to crucify this flesh because that's not who I am. Because, Lord, you bought me with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So while we're here, this body of flesh, this crucify it, reckon it dead, so you can recognize and walk in the Spirit. You have the Spirit of Christ in you, so walk ye. So I hope that made sense to you tonight. I apologize for messing up some of them verses, that one verse, but I don't... It happens. So it is what it is. The thought got across, though. So I'm going to go over here real quick and just see if there's a, or a decent amount of people watching on YouTube. Good to have you still over there. Everybody that's still watching on YouTube, hello to you there. There's a little bit of a lag. So, I, in fact, I just saw it switch over here on YouTube. And I am... Not so far behind on the Facebook one, but uh, we'll go back through here on Facebook, see if there's any new comments that I didn't address. Nope, 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 nope. Boys, what a sweet statement, though. Brother Aaron, if you're still watching, give Jackson, I know you already give him lots of hugs, but give Jackson a big old hug from his Uncle Mike. We put Jackson to bed, and he prayed, help Mr. Mike as he preach. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what? I think, you know, I, I I don't know. I think it's because I'm very turned 40. Look at me getting soft in my, in my older age. That makes me tear up. And makes me thankful if the Lord tarries that I'll get to see the young man again. Um, soon. Yeah. Oh boy. And for those listening on the podcast, uh, I do keep tissues on me now. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I like this emotional mic. Well, I can't help it. I love him, and I love my brother in Christ up there. But, um, those listening on the podcast are like, did he? Is he crying? No, I'm tearing up a little bit. I'm not crying. It's not. A, it's not you know full on cry. But what a sweet comment from a sweet sweet boy. I'm sure he acts sweet all the time. Uncle Mike and Aunt Kalisha think so, anyways. But his mommy and daddy are probably like, well. <laughs> Anyways, well, if there's not going to be any comments, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I sure do enjoy um, these times of studying. Um, this is not, again, this is not a replacement for being held accountable with a local body of believers because I cannot see your walk. I cannot see your walk with, with Christ. I can't see the ends of your conversation. You can't see the ends of mine. But we can study through the Word of God, and I can encourage you, encourage you to help edify a local body somewhere. Come together. 
like you're supposed to. All right, and with that, I'm not going to belabor any other facts. Oh, here's a new comment. My dad says that's your mother's side. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I heard you, Pop. I heard you talking about your grandbabies tonight, though. And uh, you'll definitely, when you start talking about your grandbabies, you start getting a little bit, you start getting a little bit on your emotional side, too. So, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, my dad said tonight, he said, um, what did he say? He said, uh, we're going down uh, to spend a bunch of time with our grandbabies. He said, well, and, you know, my son and my daughter-in-law are down there, too. Like, almost like a, like a side note. Just like a little side note. <laughs> oh, I see Sister Janet and uh, Sister Cindy are, are, are watching as well. Good to see you. All right. Well, again, I'm sitting here just uh, having a great time. I love I love doing these. I love uh, getting a chance to talk back and forth. And I love studying God's Word. Uh, so join me next time as we get back into it. I really do appreciate you joining me tonight live and those who will join me um I guess down the road and not so live, but watching the uh, replays of this. Um, Paul's going to address some things in the next chapter that I think are very um, good for, I guess you would say, well, young people, but also for all of us. And um, there's a lot of different things uh, that are controversial but should not be. We should just follow the word. Whatever it says, we should follow it. And um, I'm not going to condemn anybody next week, especially, you know, of course, if you know anything about your Bible, 1 Corinthians 7 does address divorce. I'm not going to condemn anybody. Um, that would be akin to somebody talk, calling out ungodly tattoos. Is it ungodly? Absolutely. Um, is getting divorced ungodly? It's contrary to scriptures. Yes, absolutely. But if you're in Christ... That's not who you are. Stop living in that. There's no more condemnation. You're in Christ. There's, you'll never, and throughout all of eternity, be condemned for that or have to answer for that. Christ answered that question when he took upon himself all the sins of the world. That's yours. Past, present, future sins. And he crucified them, nailed them to his cross. Blotted them out for all of eternity. You'll never have to answer for that. Thank God for that. Your burden, as we mentioned at the beginning, has been taken away. All right, that's it for now. As I look over here to make sure I got this in. Yep. All right, uh, so that's all for now. Thank you so much for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. God bless you. Please join me next week. Please share. Share this uh, this video. Share the uh, the channel, whether you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook. Please do that. I would greatly appreciate that, and um, join me next time as we talk about 1 Corinthians 7. All right, bye for now. God bless.